Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hit it! This is the first presidential election in U.S. history to be hijacked, politically hijacked, and Joe Biden is driving the getaway car. Stand by. The doors of the newsroom are locked and the PC police are not getting in. Sit back and relax as we unfold today's edition of the Ledger Report. And in San Diego, one anchor man was more man than the rest. His name was Graham Ledger. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. Roll tape. It's not about Democrat, Republican, or Independent. It's about saving Americans' lives. Stop tape. Sloppy Joe Biden. It's not about... This is why the president calls Joe Biden sleepy Joe Biden. I call him sloppy because he's, well, he's, he's very sloppy uh, in a verbal way, in, a, in kind of a demeanor way, and certainly the way he handles himself in, in interviews and in public settings. I think he's horribly sloppy. The president says he's sleepy. And, and listen to Joe Biden. It's not about Republican or Democrat. It's not about politics. It's about what, Joe? Roll tape. So let's institute a mask mandate nationwide. Stop tape. So here you go. We, we now know what Joe Biden would do if he's elected the 46th president of the United States. God forbid. He's going to issue a mask mandate on a national level. Now think about that. Think about that if you happen to be in a state that is not being ravaged by the Wuhan coronavirus. Pick a state. Yeah, some of the smaller states, say, for example, uh, Idaho is not having a huge problem, from what I understand. And so you have sloppy Joe Biden as president of the United States saying, all folks who live in Idaho, and by the way, there's a lot of expats from California in Idaho, I know for a fact. Um, Not of the liberal variety, but of the conservative variety. They're now escaping California. They're going to places like Idaho. Sure, there are some nasty winters in Idaho that you don't have in most of California, but you have thinking Californians who are saying, hey, that's it, that's it, no more. They're coming after us, and they are. In the end, these radical liberals out of California, the leadership, the governor on down, is going to come after every Californian who makes a buck, who's not living off the government, who's not benefiting from redistribution of wealth, the so-called producers, they're going to come after them all in California. All producers at some point are going to be deemed rich. And if you're rich, well, we know what the Democrats' mantra has been for many decades now. you got to pay your fair share. So they're going to come after everybody. People are leaving. They're going to places like Idaho. So you go to Idaho to escape the craziness of Gavin Newsom and his mask 
mandate. And lo and behold, sloppy Joe Biden is elected president of the United States. He says he's going to issue a mask mandate on a national level. Here's the question for sloppy Joe Biden that nobody in the mainstream media wants to ask him. Nobody's going to throw any tough questions to Joe Biden. Joe Biden, excuse me, um, Graham Ledger, the conservative voice for America here, I have a question for you, uh, Mr. Vice President, former Vice President. Um, Under what statute, under what clause in the United States Constitution do you have the authority as President of the United States to issue a mandate for all Americans, 330 million Americans, to wear a face covering? Can you cite it? Can you cite the statute? Can you cite the United States Constitution? I happen to have a copy of it right here, like I always do. Um, and, of course, he would fumble and he would bumble around. He could not find a statute. He couldn't find anything in the United States Constitution that would give him the authority to issue a mandate like that. In fact, you would find the exact opposite if you happen to look no further than the First Amendment, which reads, in part, Congress, in this case, the president, right? You can substitute the word Uh, president for Congress in some kind of executive order, shall we say government? Government shall make no law abridging the freedom of speech. Now, why do I say freedom of speech when it comes to a mask? Well, to me, it's obvious. This is the core reason why I push back against any kind of mandate at any level, local, state, or federal, requiring any American to wear a face covering because it is a muzzle to me. It is abridging free speech. And you know what it's like to be in the checkout line at the grocery store and you have one of those young kids. It's criminal to make these young people wear masks all day as they they scan uh, items. It is absolutely criminal because they're healthy people and they're made to breathe their own CO2 all day long for eight hours. Absolutely criminal criminal that hopefully will one day be judged rather harshly in the continuum of history when they write the history books about this chapter of American history in 2020. But the bottom line is, I am against it, yes, because there are health problems, Um, yes, because we have proven, documented evidence that wearing a mask does nothing to mitigate the spread of a virus, but more so for me, it has to do with the First Amendment. And the fact that when you wear a face covering, yes, you are necessarily muzzling your speech. And just from a practical standpoint, we know, you know, when you're trying to understand what the checker is, yesterday I was trying to have a conversation with the checker, you know, between the plexiglass and his mask and my face covering, how in the hell do you communicate very well? Well, it's very, very difficult. And so that is an abridgment of the First Amendment of the United States Constitution. Sloppy Joe seems to believe that if he's elected president of the United States that he has the authority somehow to sidestep the United States Constitution and the First Amendment. He says he will issue a mask mandate for all Americans, no matter what state you live in, whether your state is free and clear from the Wuhan coronavirus or not. He's going to make everybody, and who's going to enforce it, Sloppy Joe? You know, they, they gave President Trump hell for sending in some troops, some federal authorities into Portland to put down the riot that's been ongoing now for, what is it, 246 days or so? How, how is Sloppy Joe Biden going to enforce this mask mandate exactly? The United States Army? Uh, FBI agents? 
Is that a good use of resources? Is that a good use of the bully pulpit of the President of the United States? Of course it's not. But this is what's in, this is just a fraction of what is in store if, God forbid, sloppy Joe Biden happens to become the 45th President of the United States. Roll tape. Started immediately, and you will save lives. The estimates are we'll save over 40,000 lives. Stop tape. You know what this reminds me of? 40,000 lives. If he issues a mask mandate, he's going to save 40,000 American lives. This reminds me of what was in 2009, 2010, when the Obama administration was trying to say that this huge chunk of money, remember the shovel-ready jobs and the, the bailout and the trillion-dollar, quote, stimulus, they were trying to justify it a couple years later, right? And they said that they had saved or created X amount of jobs. Saved or created. Well, you can measure jobs created, but how in the wide world of sports do you measure jobs saved? You don't. And so these phony studies come out. There's another one out today. But these phony studies that these these uh, bureaucrats and, and the radical left and these Democrat governors, these blue state governors, and Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer on down, they quote, they're phony studies. They're done by some, you know, so-called reputable institutions. Some Ivy League schools have done some of these studies. Oh, if everybody wore a mask, then 40,000 Americans would be saved. What? How in that world do you calculate something like that? That is absolute nonsense. It is impossible to come up with a figure like that. It's a phony number. Just like the overall numbers for the Wuhan coronavirus are phony. But this uh, announcement that Joe Biden made came during the time when he was on stage for the first time with his running mate. Uh, and that would be the lovely and talented and very pretty, I think, Kamala Harris. So let's hear from her. Here's Joe. Well, let me turn it over to my colleague and running mate. She has a few comments to make. As he, <laughs> as he puts the mask on here and the Kamala is coming up, he puts the mask and went over his eyeballs and then down. And here she comes, Miss Kamala Thanks, Harris. Yeah. That's what real leadership looks like. Stop tape. She has this way about her. I, I, I actually kind of like it. She has kind of a glow about her, but it's, it's kind of a quasi-evil glow. You know, it kind of reminds me of a, a jack-o'-lantern when you cut the eyes of the pumpkin a certain way and the smile a certain way. It's not unlike the, the Joker uh, kind of thing. She's got that kind of thing with her, uh, with her mouth going on. But Kamala Harris now breaks the news to the mainstream media and all concerned that that's what leadership look like, looks like. That Joe Biden coming out and saying, hey, I'm going to abridge your First Amendment rights. I'm going to unilaterally attack the United States Constitution. That is what leadership looks like, apparently, according to his uh, now running mate of Kamala Harris, who is about as radical as they can get. But this dovetails to what the mainstream media is doing right now, and that is they're trying to continue to paint the picture that the government response, that would be the federal response, to the Wuhan coronavirus has been a disaster. I look at California. I look at New York, and I see disaster. I look at a state like Florida and I see a governor trying to balance liberty and trying to mitigate a spread of a virus. By the way, in general, politicians have to remember whether they're, they're good guys or bad guys, whether they're Democrats or Republicans, whether they're conservatives or arch liberals. 
that politicians have no power to stop a virus. <laughs> this is the joke that apparently is on oh, 35 million Californians and millions and millions of people who live in New Jersey and New York and Michigan and millions more in Illinois. It's the joke. None of these governors, it's a running joke. None of these governors has the ability. I'm not talking about infrastructure. And I'm not talking about authority under their respective constitutions. I'm talking about as human beings. They do not have the power to stop the spread of a virus, any virus, whether it's the Wuhan coronavirus or the seasonal flu. But this is the narrative coming out of the mainstream media, of course, dovetails nicely into what the Biden-Harris campaign is going to do now for the next uh, 80-something days on the campaign trail. Axios, bottom line out of an article from Axios about the federal response to the Wuhan coronavirus is this. And this is going to be the theme of the Biden and Harris campaign. It says, quote, we, I don't even know why they use the word we, because it's us versus them, clearly. But we, I guess as a country, we are doing a terrible job handling the pandemic, at least relative to other wealthy countries. I don't know what in the hell they're talking about. Is Italy uh, a wealthy country? Is that an example of of, uh, of good response to the Wuhan coronavirus? Uh, I don't think so. Um, how about these other wealthy countries? Talking about Germany. Germany, last I saw, is seeing a spike in cases. What are these wealthy countries um, they're talking about? If you look at the numbers, and remember, we are a country of 330 million people. We have had 5 million cases. Um, certainly, that's less than 10%. Um, yeah, it's about 1%, right? Maybe a little more than 1%. And we have recorded 166,000 deaths. Now, it that number about has been around 150 160,000 for a couple of months and they have been predicting the so-called experts out of Washington state and wherever all these think tanks these liberal think tanks that want to see Donald Trump defeated remember they've been said by now that we would have 2 300,000 dead our response to the Wuhan coronavirus has not been that bad at all as a country on the federal level if you look at it in the aggregate Five million is a relatively small number, and the vast majority of that five million is recovering. Remember, if you're not the average age, which is 78 years old, if you don't have a comorbidity, and if you're not stuck in a nursing home, you're probably going to survive the Wuhan coronavirus. Five million cases. By the way, we've, we've tested somewhere in the order of 10 times the five million confirmed cases. Somewhere around 50, 60 million tests. By my count, that's one-fifth of the overall population of this country. One-fifth? Think about it. That's a huge number. Given the just the sheer size, not just the population size, but the sheer size of this country and how we're spread out and how we're running a federalist system. So you can't just have a, a blanket order for everyone in the country and a, and a blanket way to test. It's all different. Broken down by state, broken down by county, broken down by city, broken down by, by health department, broken down by the different varying tests that are out there. So 50, 60 million Americans tested is a fantastic number. And 166 
thousand dead over how long we've been fighting this thing now about five months so that's about thirty thousand a month roughly but it really hasn't been that number i think if you look on a monthly basis it's been maybe about fifteen to twenty thousand uh dead now that's a fudged number right we know that the numbers are corrupt we know that people are being listed died of coronavirus right alongside with people died with coronavirus in other words you're killed in a car crash. They happen to test you for the Wuhan coronavirus post-mortem. You're positive. They list that as a COVID-19 death. That's nuts. So I don't know what the accurate number is. 166,000, it's less than that. You know, we're hearing reports that it's more than that. Nonsense. Absolute nonsense. It's less than that. So remember that 8,000 Americans die in this country every day. 8,000. And that... On an average basis, the seasonal flu kills somewhere in the neighborhood of 10,000 people a month. So if we're talking 15,000, 20,000 people a month by the Wuhan coronavirus, that number is corrupt. Maybe we cut it in half. 10,000, miraculously, we're right around the same number and the same mortality rate as the seasonal flu, which is what I have been arguing from square one. And the President of the United States needs to be given credit for getting all this testing out. And it's funny, I was looking at the latest numbers. Uh, It's just as the President's been saying, it's just as we've been saying on this program, and that is, as the testing goes up, the number of positive cases goes up. Well, lately, the, the number of cases has been dropping off for whatever reason. Maybe people are just not testing as much. Maybe people aren't sick as much, and therefore there isn't a need for testing. But it's fascinating, as the number of tests have dropped down, so have the number of positive cases. The president's been right again. But he's also trying to send the message out there that, hey, he's on top of it. This is exactly what he should be doing. Roll tape. Under my administration, China would be held fully accountable for its lies and deceit that at least the China virus upon the world. America is winning the war against the virus. Three vaccine candidates are in the final phase of clinical trials. Stop taking And that's important, right? Because it looks like we may have a virus, uh, a vaccine for the virus, possibly even before the election. Now, that doesn't mean we're going to get it out there to everybody before the election. But it appears as though the president is saying that we're on track, certainly by the end of the year, to get this thing out. And we know that Vladimir Putin is maybe two or three steps ahead of us. And he's getting it out there to Rodrigo Duterte, uh, among other people uh, in the Philippines. But it's important. Uh, the president's message uh, is important. And, and that first part is important as well. Think about a Biden administration. Remember what happened during the Obama administration on Joe Biden's watch as vice president how we saw China grow in military acumen and take over all those islands and start building islands in the South China Sea and militarizing that zone and trying to control trade, which is responsible for the neighbor, in the neighborhood of uh, a trillion dollars, maybe two trillion dollars of trade every year. They're trying to control the South China Sea. That all happened under Obama-Biden. And here's the president saying, hey, listen, And I would like to know, I want to deal with the Wuhan coronavirus in our country first, in our election cycle, because I think that's what's most important now. But at some point, yes, I would like to know how this thing was incubated in, in Wuhan, China. How this thing originated. Where did it originate from? Did it come from a lab? 
Did it come from uh, those markets that they talked about? Did it come from a combination of the two? I think we deserve to know. And we certainly know that Adam Schiff is not going to get to the bottom of it. And we certainly know that Joe Biden would never get to the bottom of it because he, would, he has those sweetheart deals with his family and China. They're going to look the other way. It's going to be Obama 2.0 in terms of China. China is rooting for Joe Biden to win the election. China is rooting for Donald Trump to lose the election. And when I say that this is the first presidential election that is being hijacked, this is what I'm talking about. It's being hijacked by the modern Democrat Party slash mainstream media cabal. They're working together to hijack this thing. Joe Biden is out there now with his running mate, his radical running mate of Kamala Harris. And now they're going to be protected by the stenographers in the mainstream media. And Donald Trump is out there trying to paint a different picture and trying to offer certainly something very different than what Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are going to offer. And what he is trying to do while he is still president, hopefully he wins a second term, is to make sure that this entire mail-in ballot scheme is mitigated as much as possible. But we know what's going to happen in California, right? It's it's probably too late to try and stop it in certain states like California. In fact, the Supreme Court um, just uh, gave the Republican Party a loss and a, and a victory for the Democrat Party in another mail-in ballot uh, decision, which is unfortunate. But the president is now saying, and of course the Democrats and the mainstream media are going apoplectic over this one, this out of the AP, Trump opposes postal money that would help vote by mail. And so basically the upshot of this story is that uh, the president says he opposes any additional funding for the U.S. Postal Service to try and deal with what is going to be a deluge of mail-in ballots, one would imagine. And you know how people are. They always wait till the last minute. They'll probably... People in California or people in New York or people in New Jersey who are going to be doing this scheme are probably going to be waiting until the very last minute, right? It's what people do. It's human nature. They wait till the very last minute, maybe the last week. Maybe they're just still making up their minds. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's a pretty black and white election. I think it's an up or down kind of election. It's pretty clear to me there's a a radical choice here. It's unfortunate, uh, but it's either liberty or tyranny. It's Donald Trump, a.k.a. liberty, or Joe Biden, a.k.a. tyranny. I don't know what the, the, the dilemma is here. It's a, it's a pretty, at least for president and vice president, it's a pretty stark contrast. Yet we know people and we know they're going to procrastinate. And so there could be a little bit of a bump in mail toward maybe the one week before the election, maybe late October around, around Halloween. Kind of a Halloween we're going to have this year, by the way. What kind of trick or treat? I don't even want to think about it. It just it, it makes me ill, frankly, how little kids and these high school seniors and these college seniors have been screwed over. And now the college football players, it looks like they're on the precipice of being screwed over as well. I hate this. And again, I hope history judges us harshly on this one. What in the hell were you doing to these people? What in the hell were you doing to these youngsters trying to embark on a on a new life and and graduate from college and graduate from high school to throttle them the way you did. You ought to be shamed of yourselves. Everybody involved in this and shutting life down and not allowing these kids to walk is absolutely shameful. But there's going to be a bump. There's going to be a bump in mail-in ballots and 
So the Postal Service uh, thinks it needs to add personnel. And the President of the United States is saying, nah, no. You know what, states, you're doing this. If there's a flood of mail at the last minute, then they're going to have to deal with it. And by the way, by the way, don't give the Postal Service another dime. They're in the red billions of dollars every year. We have to bail them out every year. It's a terrible system that's being crushed by their pension. That's the problem with the Postal Service. It's not wind or sleet or snow. That's the problem in delivering the mail. It's the pension that's a problem that turns the numbers upside down in the U.S. Postal Service. It needs to go privatized. I think Benjamin Franklin would agree with me that it's time to privatize mail. And the president is dead on target. Don't give the U.S. Postal Service one more cent. And by the way, there's another... uh, issue from the CDC, uh, it is, uh, you know, from time to time during this episode of the Wuhan coronavirus, it CDC has issued guidance on certain things. Now the headline out of the CDC is masks with valves. You've seen those uh, when, uh, I, I don't know, where in the hell they get these things. It's a mask with a little valve on it. I've seen people with like one here and it can flap open and they can smoke cigarettes and then close it. It's just insanity. It's absolute insanity. Now the CDC says masks with valves or vents don't stop the spread of the coronavirus. Well, I would encourage the CDC to go on its own website, pull up the 2018 study that has a long title that begins something like this, non-pharmaceutical uses of face coverings, blah, 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 blah. 2018 study, two years before the Wuhan coronavirus, that says masks, period, whether they have a valve on them, whether they have a little uh, Black Lives Matter on them, whether they say L.A. Dodgers or New York Yankees, uh, whether they say LeBron James on them, none of them work. That's according to the CDC's own study two years before the Wuhan coronavirus hit our shores. Yet here we have blue state governors and blue city mayors out there pitching the same thing over and over and over again about wearing a mask, yet their numbers keep going up. For example, out of L.A., the mini henchman himself, he's, he's number two. Number one is Gavin Newsom. Number two is Eric Garcetti. Roll tape. Whether it's a mask with a message or a mask with no words on it, every mask has a message. All masks matter. Stop the tape. See, to Eric Garcetti, what the hell is he saying? Can somebody translate? I don't speak fluent Garcetti ease. I speak Pelosi ease. I speak Schumer ease. I even, I'm starting to pick up on Newsom ease and Cuomo ease. But I don't speak fluent Garcetti ease. All masks matter, according to the mayor of the second largest city in the nation. Whether they have a message on them or not, all masks matter. Roll tape. We want to care for each other, and we want to save lives. And we know that masks don't just save lives, they save livelihoods. Because the more we wear masks, the better chance we have to open more parts of our economy. Stop taking So this is the fallacy, right? This is the fallacy that's going on in California as we speak. And, of course, Los Angeles is the biggest city in California. The county uh, encompasses areas that total 10 million people. You know, that's the size... 
of a small or a decent-sized country. It's the size of Sweden, for example, which didn't do this nutcase craziness with masks. And their numbers are no worse than what's going on in L.A. and in California right now. And what is going on in California? Now, remember, there was this mask mandate issued by the governor of California on June 18th. And if you look at the numbers and if you look at the graphs, the number of cases by day in California since June 18th has been this. And then there's been a little dip and now it's up again. June 18th, the governor of California issues a mandate just like Joe Biden wants to do on a national level. June 18th, the mandate for all Californians to wear a mask and we have the numbers spiking. And the death numbers in California, while they haven't spiked quite as severely, they're still up. Now, there's a caveat to all this, and we know this, right? We know that there are a lot of Mexicans coming up from south of the border, both legally and illegally, illegally, and they are coming with the virus. They pack their clothes and the virus along with them. They get across, they get into Imperial County, and bam, they're sick. They go to the hospital. That hospital is a crummy hospital. Sorry, my friends in El Centro. It's a crummy hospital. It gets overloaded real quickly. So then the neighboring counties, which is Imperial County, Riverside County, that starts uh, spilling over. Those patients start spilling over into Riverside County and on and on as a cascading effect. But also the farm workers, as they move through the Central Valley, which is where a lot of the picking and harvesting and packing is going on right now that is where the spikes in cases are right now this is the thing that is mind-boggling to me if you live in california the governor comes out and says we have a spike in cases in places like the san joaquin valley why governor how come nobody in the press in california says okay you have a spike in cases in san joaquin valley the breadbasket of america where all the packing and picking's going on? Why, Governor? Why is there a spike in cases among California residents? Or is it from people who have come up from Mexico to do the field work? Nobody's asking that question. Nobody's connecting the dots the way I am. This is why the numbers, one of the reasons why the numbers are spiking. But overall, if you're a politician, you're Eric Garcetti, right? Saying masks saves lives. All masks matter. Number two. Right? He's number two, and number one would be Gavin Newsom. If masks work, and if all masks matter, like Garcetti and Newsom say, then why are the numbers spiking in California? Why are the number of cases going up in California and the residual lagging two weeks or three weeks death count? Why is that going up in California? Why isn't the media interested in this phenomenon? Well, the answer, in my mind, is couplefold. The two main reasons is, one, California is getting this influx of Mexicans, bringing with them the Wuhan coronavirus. It's spiking the numbers. But number two, masks don't work. See, now, the governor, Newsom, has a perfect out here, right? He can point to people like me who refuse to wear masks 90% of the time. If I have to go into... Costco and they demand a mask because I, I, I need to buy uh, my frozen shrimp from Costco. I will not wear a mask at the stupid gas pumps, even though it says 
you are mandated to wear a pump. Now think about it. How stupid is that? How stupid is wearing a mask? It's as stupid as those people you see driving around in their cars all by themselves with a mask on. That's the ultimate stupid. No, that's the second most stupid. The ultimate is people all by themselves on a walk with a mask on. That's the worst. So number two is the car. But going to a gas station and being forced to wear a mask, I mean, maybe to protect you from the fumes. But no, that's not why they're doing it. If the mask mandate worked in the bottom line mainstream media in California, please connect these dots, will you please? If the mask mandate works in California, why are the numbers spiking? It's not because there are so many people like me who refuse to wear a mask and spreading the virus. If you're perfectly healthy and you're not wearing a mask and you don't have the Wuhan coronavirus, you're not spreading the virus, right? Isn't that logical? Of course, you could be asymptomatic, but I think if you're not a child, uh, you know, if you're a functioning adult, you probably know if your body is being infected by a virus, even if it's a mild dose of it, I think you probably would know. Bottom line is you're not spreading the virus, right? But there are so many Californians who are falling for this ruse and are wearing their mask out jogging and out driving the car by themselves and out pumping gas and going into Costco, et cetera, et cetera, right? So why aren't the numbers going down, mainstream media? I'll tell you why. It's very simple. It's what I said about 20 minutes ago. And that is mankind, that is politicians, do not have the power to stop the spread of a virus. But they do have a power, they do have the power to affect the outcome of an election. And that's what we have to be concerned about. We have to understand, to view all of this stuff through the prism, all of these edicts, all of these so-called health edicts, all of this hand-wringing over mail-in ballots, it's all need to be viewed in one prism. And the prism is how it affects the outcome of the November 3rd election. And Joe Biden is at the epicenter of all this as being protected by his friends and his co-conspirators in the mainstream media. And that's why we ask, is Joe Biden choosing his running mate? This is the ledger register. Or is the Democrat Party deciding for him? These are the results. Overwhelming. It's not even close. I won't even read you the numbers because it's just, it's not even a fair fight. Overwhelming. The answer in both uh, sets of polls, my private poll at GrahamLedger.com and at the ZipApp.com, it is overwhelming that people believe that he chose Kamala Harris because the modern Democrat Party told him to do so. And remember that this is the first presidential election in U.S. history to be hijacked, politically hijacked, by this co-conspirator team of the modern Democrat Party and the nutcases, the partisans in the mainstream media. This edition of the Ledger Report is on its way. The Archives of Library of Congress, thank you for listening. I'm Graham Ledger. And remember, even when I am wrong, I'm right.